Hello, my friends, and welcome to day number 17 of Bible in the Year with Pastor Steve. It is such a joy to continue walking with you through this Bible in a Year reading plan. If you're joining us for the first time and you'd like to get a hold of that reading plan, you can go to emmanuelmelbourne.org backslash B-I-Y, and that's Emmanuel with an E. Also on that webpage, you will find ways that you can listen to the podcast As the image shows, you can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and so much more. I hope, friends, also that as you are listening, that you would hit like and subscribe to it so that others might find it in the search engine. It is most definitely appreciated so that we can continue spreading the Word of God. Today we're going to be reading from Exodus 15 through 18, Psalm 17, and Proverbs 17. But as we go along, you'll hear me only read from Exodus chapter 16 and 17. You can read the other chapters on your own. And we're going to be delving into the wanderings in the wilderness, and we're going to see manna and quail and a rock and water and all of these interesting symbols that we will talk about in just a few moments. But without further ado, let us jump into God's word together. Exodus chapter 16. They took their journey from Elam, And all the congregation of the children of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the fifteenth day of the second month after the departing out of the land of Egypt. The whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said to them, We wish that we would have died by Yahweh's hand in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the meat pots, when we ate our fill of bread. For you have brought us out into the wilderness to kill us, this whole assembly, with hunger. Then Yahweh said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from the sky for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day, that I may test them, whether they will walk in my law or not. It shall come to pass on the sixth day that they shall prepare that which they bring in, and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. Moses and Aaron said to all the people of Israel, At evening you shall know that Yahweh has brought you out of the land of Egypt. In the morning you shall see Yahweh's glory, because he hears your murmurings against Yahweh. Who are we that you murmur against us? Moses said, Now Yahweh will give you meat to eat in the evening, and in the morning bread to satisfy you, because Yahweh hears your murmurings which you murmur against him. And who are we? Your murmurings are not against us but against Yahweh. Moses said to Aaron, Tell all the congregation of the children of Israel, Come close to Yahweh, for he has heard your murmurings. As Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the children of Israel, they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, Yahweh's glory appeared in the cloud. Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel. Speak to them, saying, At evening you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am Yahweh, your God. In the evening, quail came up and covered the camp, and in the morning the dew lay around the camp. When the dew that lay around had gone, behold, on the surface of the wilderness was a small round thing, small as the frost on the ground. When the children of Israel saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they didn't know what it was. Moses said to them, 
It is the bread which Yahweh has given you to eat. This is the thing which Yahweh has commanded. Gather of it everyone according to his eating, and Omer, a head. According to the number of your persons, you shall take it, every man for those who are in his tent. The children of Israel did so, and some gathered more, and some gathered less. When they measured it with an omer, he who gathered much had nothing left over, and he who had gathered little had no lack. They each gathered according to his eating. Moses said to them, Let no one leave of it until the morning. Notwithstanding, they didn't listen to Moses, but some of them left it out until morning. So it bred worms and became foul, and Moses was angry with them. They gathered it morning by morning, everyone according to his eating. When the sun grew hot, it melted. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much bread, two omers for each one. And all the rulers of the congregation came and told Moses. He said to them, This is that which Yahweh has spoken. Tomorrow is a solemn rest, a holy Sabbath to Yahweh. Bake that which you want to bake, and boil that which you want to boil, and all that remains over lay up for yourselves to be kept until morning. They laid it up until morning as Moses ordered, and it didn't become foul, and there were no worms in it. Moses said, Eat that today, for today is the Sabbath to Yahweh. Today you shall not find it in the field. Six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day is the Sabbath. In it there shall be none. On the seventh day, some of the people went out to gather, and they found none. Yahweh said to Moses, How long do you refuse to keep my commandments and my laws? Behold, because Yahweh has given you the Sabbath, therefore he gives you on the sixth day the bread of two days. Everyone stay in his place. Let no one go out of his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. The house of Israel called it manna. And it was like coriander seed, white, and its taste was like wafers with honey. Moses said, This is the thing which Yahweh has commanded. Let an omer full of it be kept throughout your generations, that they may see the bread with which I fed you in the wilderness, when I brought you out of the land of Egypt. Moses said to Aaron, Take a pot and put an omer full of manna in it, and lay it up before Yahweh to be kept through your generations. As Yahweh commanded Moses, so Aaron laid it up before the testimony to be kept. The children of Israel ate the manna forty years until they came to the inhabited land. They ate the manna until they came to the borders of the land in Canaan. Now in Omer is one-tenth of an ephah. Exodus chapter 17 All the congregation of the children of Israel traveled from the wilderness of Sin, starting according to Yahweh's commandment and encamped in Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. Therefore the people quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. Moses said to them, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test Yahweh? The people were thirsty for water there, so the people murmured against Moses and said, Why have you brought us out of Egypt to kill us, our children and our livestock, with thirst? Moses cried to Yahweh, saying, What shall I do with these people? They are almost ready to stone me. Yahweh said to Moses, Walk on before the people and take the elders of Israel with you, and take the rod in your hand with which you struck the Nile, and go. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock in Horeb. You shall strike the rock, and water will come out of it. 
that the people may drink. Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. He called the name of the place Massa and Meribah, because the children of Israel quarreled, and because they tested Yahweh, saying, Is Yahweh among us or not? Then Amalek came and fought with Israel in Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, Choose men for us, and go out to fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with God's rod in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses had told him, and fought with Amalek. And Moses and Aaron and Hur went up to the top of the hill. When Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed. When he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy, so they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held up his hands, the one on one side and the other on the other side. His hands were steady until sunset. Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Yahweh said to Moses, Write this for a memorial in a book, and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua, that I will utterly blot out the memory of Amalek from under the sky. Moses built an altar and called the name Yahweh our banner. He said, Yah has sworn, Yahweh will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. Gracious and eternal God, we ask that you would send forth your Holy Spirit to open our minds and our hearts so that we might hear from you today in your word. God, we thank you that you are a God who walks alongside of us and provides for us. And we look to you now, Lord, for your direction and your nourishment. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, friends, I hope that, like me, you found today's reading to be very captivating. It's very fast-moving, a lot of stuff going on, um, and maybe some familiar stories being unearthed for you again today. So in Exodus chapter 15, this is on the heels of Moses liberating the people out of Egypt, and when God helps them cross the Red Sea on dry land, and then pulls the water back over on the Egyptians to really secure the victory. In Exodus chapter 15, there is a song of Moses and Miriam that is kind of like a later song, a song of Deborah from the book of Judges, where they are celebrating the victory that came by the hand of God. Moving into Exodus chapter 16, we see that the Israelites are moving with Moses, and they begin to hunger, uh, so much so that there is a grumbling, it says, from the whole congregation. The whole people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron and, of course, God. What we see here, though, is interesting, and it shouldn't be a surprise, but God hears their grumblings. And because of his loving faithfulness, remember that term hesed, his covenant faithfulness with them, even though they're grumbling and they're complainers and they get themselves into trouble, God is faithful to them, even when they are not faithful. In hearing these grumblings, God provides for them. And he provides what? The manna, right? The bread from heaven, which was kind of like dew that was on the plants and the ground. And as that water evaporated, there was a flakiness that was left behind like coriander, it says. And that could be used to be made into bread. And he also provided quail by night. So bread in the morning, meat at night. It's kind of like Arby's, right? We've got the meats while well, God provided the meats for the people. Yet, 
we see a little bit that they weren't satisfied because on the Sabbath day, there were some who went out and did what they weren't supposed to do. If you heard in the scripture reading, they were allowed to take an omer of this manna for each of the people in their household, according to the number of their household. And on Fridays, which was the preparation for the Sabbath, which is Saturday for the the Jewish people, that this would turn into a double portion for them to last them over the Sabbath so they didn't have to gather. They actually prepared all the food on Friday and it didn't spoil, right? Like the rest of the manna, if you kept it overnight, it would spoil before the next day. So what God's doing here is he's building the pattern of the Sabbath for his people. As they uh, lived for 400 some odd years in Egypt, some of that pattern of life and relationship was lost. And God is rebuilding that now in the wilderness wanderings. That's part of the reason why it took 40 years for them to get into the promised land. They weren't ready. And so he said, this is the pattern. You are to rest on the Sabbath. That is Saturday. It's the seventh day. And this echoes what God called for in creation. He modeled work for six days and then rest on the seventh. This is a healthy way of life. It is how we are intended to be, uh, to live our best life, to be a thriving people. Well, anyway, some of them, uh, they disobeyed. And in verse 28, God said, how long will you disobey my commandments and my instructions? Now, if you're like me, you might be like, well, really, God hasn't given the commandments and the instructions yet, has he? Did I miss something? Especially if you know what's coming in just a few chapters, and that is God meeting Moses on Mount Sinai to give the Ten Commandments, those commandments and instructions. So what's happening here? Well, it is believed that the Pentateuch, which is the first five books of the Bible, were captured or documented when Israel was in the Babylonian captivity, their time of exile, which happened hundreds of years later on. So there's a little bit of time warping here, and really chronology was not the focus for these writers of scripture, especially for the Hebrew people. Uh, They were more concerned with providing the stories in ways that are memorable and accurate, but less so on the time front. After this, we see from verses 31 to 35 that the house of Israel called the name of this bread substance manna, and it was like that coriander seed. And Moses said that this is the thing which Yahweh has commanded. Let an omerful of it be kept throughout your generations and be placed before the Lord in this thing called the testimony. And this is yet another example of the Ark of the Testimony, the Ark of the Covenant not being made or commanded to be built yet. Yet the story says, go place it in that testimony. Another little bit of time warping here going on. So the, the people of Israel, they, they did this. They placed it in the Ark of the Covenant, along with some other items that we'll see later on, as a testimony of what God had done for them. And the manna persisted for them throughout the time of their wanderings for 40 years until they inhabited the Promised Land. And then it ceased because they were in the land that was flowing with milk and honey, and they had all that they needed and more. Yet again, God being a God who provides. And I think these stories reveal to us 
that we are to be satisfied with what God is providing us. He always gives what we need. And in a lot of cases, often he gives us more than we need. And this also is uh, an indication, these stories with the bread and later the water, that Jesus is the true bread of life. I wanted to read this for you from John chapter 6, starting at verse 26. Jesus answered them, Most certainly I tell you, you seek me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. This is after the multitudes uh, ate the, the bread and the fish that Jesus did on his, his probably his most well-known miracle, the multiplying of the bread and the fishes. He fed the 5,000, right? He said, don't work for the food which perishes, but for the food which remains to eternal life, which the Son of Man, Jesus, will give to you. For God the Father has sealed him. They said, therefore, to him, what must we do that we may work the works of God? Jesus answered them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. They said, therefore, to him, what then do you do for a sign that we may see and believe you? What work do you do? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread out of heaven to eat. Jesus said, therefore, to them, Most certainly, I tell you, it wasn't Moses who gave you the bread out of heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread out of heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down out of heaven and gives life to the world. They said, therefore, to him, Lord, always give us this bread. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will not be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Jesus is the true bread of life, and later we see that he is the source of living waters. Remember that story with Jesus coming alongside the Samaritan woman at the well? He is the fountain, the fount of living waters. This taps into what occurs in Exodus chapter 17 when the Israelites, they grumble again against Moses because they're thirsty. And said, you know, you brought us out here so that we would thirst to death, us and our cattle and everyone. What does God do? But he tells Moses, take your staff and go before you to the rock at Horeb, and I will be on the rock, and you'll strike it and water will come out. It's a picture of Jesus being the fountain of living waters that will provide the water of life to sustain life. But unlike the time in the wilderness wanderings when that bread and that water ran out, Jesus would be the source that would last forever. And at the end of Exodus chapter 17, we also get a revisiting of the Amalekites. Amalek was the descendant of Esau. Remember this uh, interesting dynamic that we had between Jacob and Esau in Genesis? that there was some enmity there because of the birthright, which was taken by Jacob, and then the blessing that was taken by Jacob. And the Edomites now through the Amalekites are bucking up against the Israelites. There's enmity there. And Joshua helps fight them off. That's an awesome picture of Moses going up on the mountain with Aaron and this other guy, and Moses is raising his staff, and Whenever the staff is raised, the Israelites prevail, but when he lowers his hand, they wind up losing, right? So they help prop up Moses' hands, giving him strength so that the Israelites might prevail over the Amalekites, and they do through Joshua. 
And this is an awesome thing. And there's also this promise here that there would continue to be this enmity that runs through this line. As I mentioned in a previous devotional, that the Amalekites were kind of like the quintessential uh, adversaries to Israel. And we'll see this later on again. Finally, in Exodus chapter 18, we see Moses getting some fatherly advice from his father-in-law, Jethro, and it is quite wise. Moses was judging the people of Israel whenever they had disputes or whenever you know they infracted on these commandments and instructions from God. Moses was there to judge them. And Jethro saw that he was going to get worn out rather quickly because these people, they always had something going on. He said, you need to appoint judges over the thousands, the hundreds, the fifties, and the tens so that you delegate some of this work. You should only be hearing the major disputes. Let these other appointed judges worry about the rest. And Moses does, does this, and it adds some structure to their relationship with God while they're wandering around in the wilderness. Well, friends, I hope that today you enjoyed each and every one of these readings and that you are seeing that God is a God who provides, that you are seeing that Scripture is a unified story of redemption that points to Jesus. We have the pictures of the bread of life and the fountain of living water. And wow, it's just so much going on. And we're going to continue to see how this plays out through the rest of the Old Testament until the time in which Jesus comes. I'm always amazed that even when we get to the prophecies, how much they point to Jesus. And Jesus came to fill those prophecies so much so that there were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of prophecies fulfilled, making God's holy inspired word a believable work, not just a book written by mankind. So friends, have a wonderful day. I hope that you'll invite someone new to come join us on this journey together. Be sure to check out our Facebook page. Join it. Ask any questions. Share some insights. You can even share some art that inspires you uh, based upon something that you heard or read today. I hope that we can continue the conversation and learn from each other. Please pray for one another. Pray for me. And I'll see you tomorrow. God bless.